It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. you look at this it's a tuesday morning and wyoming is almost completely open not entirely not a hundred percent but is almost completely open not bad out there all things considered 606 the time let's take a look at this real quick uh, i-25 all the way up we're good a little around the let's see between douglas and casper and just north of casper also from Casper heading over to Shoshone. There's a little bit of an alert there, but we're good. It's all in the green. From Cheyenne, I-80 is open all the way. Now, from Rawlins over to Rock Springs, it's white-knuckle driving, but they have the whole thing open. The roads that are closed, north of Medicine Bow and north of Rawlins, when you get up into the Muddy Gap area, all of that in there is still just closed down. And also uh, south of Lander, anything south of Lander is closed at the moment. But other than that, Wyoming's pretty much open, and a lot of these roads are in the green. Now, I do have a story on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning that um, <laughs> talking with DJ in Gillette. She's tired of me playing the San Francisco song. It gets stuck in her head. <laughs> Okay, I asked her if all the gunshots I put in here was it. No, it's the song that gets stuck in her head. All right. I'll warn you because I might play it later today for a story. I, I might just warn you about that. But okay. So uh, it's good to see that the state is open. One of the stories that I have on the Wake Up Wyoming site is about what Don Day said yesterday when I had him on live as our regional weatherman and what he talked to us about. After I had asked about the weather settling down, and maybe do we get that little hint to springtime? No, it's just a crapshoot weather-wise. It's just completely a crapshoot. We'll get into that as the morning goes on as well. But first... Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Toron's traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, sometimes when I get started, not just in the morning, but... Even just first thing, I have stories ready to go. And then something comes along that makes me stop and go, wait, whoa, hold everything. This morning, we start with a Greta Thunberg song. She's going to have a bit of a problem here because there's something that Greta is upset about now. And, you know, when Greta's upset, everybody has to listen. Because Greta's upset. Well, Greta Thunberg is now having a problem with wind farms. Oh, my God. 
As I read this story, I'm worried. Am I about to agree with Greta on something? Here we go. Story says it's one of those stories that requires a double take. Greta Thunberg, this poor kid that was taken by the cult of climate change and exploited and brainwashed and so on, has been taking part in a five-day protest blocking the entrance to a Norway energy ministry to protest against wind turbines. Quote, Ms. Thunberg has specifically demonstrated against wind turbines built on land traditionally used by indigenous uh, reindeer herders. Quote, indigenous rights, human rights must go hand in hand with climate protection and climate action. That can happen at the expense of some people. Then it is not climate justice, she said. Norway's Supreme Court 2021 ruled that two wind farms built on central Norway violated the rights of these people. But the turbines remain in operation all this time later. Reindeer herders say that the sight and sound of the giant powered machinery frightens their animal and disturbs age-old traditions. Well, hang on a second now. You mean these big wind farms are disturbing, not just to animals that would naturally would migrate through the area or live in the area, but even ones that are herded? In Wyoming, could it bother our cattle? I don't know. I'm asking the question here. Ms. Thunberg and a dozen demonstrators have occupied the ministry's reception area since Thursday, last Thursday. Police forcibly removed them around 1.30 a.m. Monday, detained them before releasing them. They returned to the... So <laughs> police showed up arrested them, detained them for a while, then let them go, and then went right back and sat back down where they were before. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she has a problem with that. I think, to me, the most interesting part of the story, though, is, so you mean that these big wind farms are disturbing animals? The, the sounds, the shadows whipping around, the sight of these big things bother the animals? Okay. We should have these same discussions about migrating herds in Wyoming. All right, now back to the United States here. A while ago, just a few weeks ago, I gave you guys an opening story. First thing in the morning, hey, they're trying to ban natural gas stoves. Remember all that garbage we had to go through. Here comes the hypocrisy. Not only do we have googly eyes Ocasio-Cortez, who's telling people we got to get rid of these gas stoves, and yet she's standing in her kitchen when she's saying it, and she has a gas stove next to her. Her excuse is, well, my apartment comes with a gas stove, period. Well, Ocasio, googly eyes, you don't have to use it. You can bring in electric burners, period. But so there's hypocrisy here, right? All right, get a load of this. After bashing natural gas, Oregon governor installs $300,000 natural gas generator in his mansion. What? Well, not surprised. In the latest example of leftist elites making rules for thee and not for me, Oregon governor, who campaigned on her goal to restrict natural gas for Oregonians, is reportedly having a $300,000 natural gas generator installed in the gubernatorial mansion. Just as Bill Gates isn't going to switch to a diet of grasshoppers, and the cult of climate alarmists travel the world in private jets polluting. 
Oregon Democrat governor evidently believes that natural gas restrictions are only for ordinary people, ordinary citizens, you know, you, not for politicians like her. Though she's happy for citizens to pay for her mansion's improvements, the Post-Millennial reported February 27th that she's having a dual natural gas and propane backup generator. Pause again. (laughs) Despite all that they want to do to push on us and all that they claim and say, she's having a dual natural gas and propane backup generator installed at the official governor's mansion. Yet while campaigning for governor, stressed the importance of making it easier for Oregonians to buy electric vehicles, claiming that reducing natural gas would be her focus. For the Oregon campaign website, it lists as a priority as This is what she said as she was running for governor. Transitioning away from the use of all fossil fuels, like methane gas in homes and in commercial buildings. The site also boasts that she plans to put Oregon on the path to 100% clean electricity by 2040. As you know, there's no such thing as clean electricity, even if you're using wind and solar. That stuff is toxic. We've been through that before. But 100% would appear to be an exaggeration if the uh, pricey natural gas generator is running out of the gubernatorial mansion, says the story. So the post-millennial cited the city of Salem permit and the official bid. The former says the project is adding piping from existing natural gas utilities generators. Meantime, officials say the project includes updating utility service, backing up uh, natural gas and propane, Adds a full building service generator, all taxpayer expense. The project uh, will cost a whopping $308,934, which uh, radio talk show host Gary Larson uh, said the Pulse Millennial is uh, four times, should be uh, four times what it reasonably costs. But of course, it's government getting something done, so it's going to cost four times what it reasonably costs. If you were getting stuff done like this for your house, even if it was as big as the governor's mansion, you would look for better bids. So it describes here how they plan to do and how they're going to install all of this. So, okay. Once again, here is somebody who expects you, expects you to live a certain way, but they will ignore all of the backlash that they're going to hear as we complain, but how come you're not only not living the way you're demanding that we live, you're not living that way to the extreme. And you're doing it at our expense. You're making us pay for it. Well, I'm going to get more into that in just a moment. 617 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Coming up next time, do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Clint Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, if you just joined in, I was talking about the Oregon governor who ran an entire campaign on, well, we got to get rid of natural gas and propane and climate change and all of that, you know. Meantime, at an outrageous cost, having the governor's mansion fitted 
with two natural, I'm sorry, yeah, two natural gas burners and also propane backup. All for them, but never for us because, you know, they don't have to comply with what you and I have to comply with. It just simply doesn't work that way. And whenever we complain about it, they come up with all sorts of excuses why these rules don't apply to them, but of course have to apply to us at every single turn. This is one of the reasons, added to the list of reasons that I call it the cult of climate change. The first time I started calling it that, I know others do too, but the first time it struck me was if you look at how an actual cult operates, you have people at the top who make all the rules, very dictatorial about it, and they're constantly making rules for everybody below them, right? So everybody below them has to do what they say. And in order for us to be saved as members of the cult, they have to have power over us, not just what we do, but what we think, how we live. They also have to have control over everything we own. But a cult leader never lives by those rules themselves. Cult leaders are constantly being busted, living the high life. They live off of the money of everybody. They make everybody a servant to them. So this is why when they say eat bugs, you'll never see them eating bugs. In fact, recently at that last uh, climate summit that they had, I forget which country they were in last time. It does matter. The last climate summit that they had, not only did they all arrive in their corporate jets and get driven around in limousines and big SUVs, fleets of them and so on, but when they sat down to have their meals, their banquets and so on, oh, dear Lord, what was on that menu? Wow, you would have loved to see. I mean, we're talking high-end food here, and it wasn't bugs. Nobody was serving up bug dishes. Okay. Nobody was served an impossible burger or an impossible steak, being that fake meat that they want the rest of us to eat. Nobody there was eating any of that. It was all like high-end beef and high-end fish and poultry products and so on. Everything was really expensive and high-end because these are the elites and they get to live that way. A while back, somebody cornered John Kerry what about this jet you're flying all over the world and trying to save the planet in your big corporate jet? John Kerry was offended. Don't we understand? In order for him to save us, he needs to be able to fly all over the world in that big jet. He was really offended that we would ask such a question. Yet oftentimes, when you take a look at cult leaders, while their cult lives in squalor, and think about how they want you to live in order to save the planet. Because everything you earn, you have to give to the cause of the cult of climate change. So they want you to live in, in a very small life. No cars. They're going to tell you where you can live, what kind of house, what appliances you can have in your house. All You're going to eat bugs. Any profit you make has to go to the cause. In the meantime, John Kerry will continue to live in his big several mansions that he has and fly around the world in a corporate jet to save the planet. Sounds like every time I've looked in, I've been sort of weirdly interested in why do people join cults? When, when somebody, it doesn't make sense in my mind. When someone comes along that's really controlling like that, 
Oh, dear God, it goes against every, I mean, not just everything I think and believe, but there's no way I can even listen to a person like that. My resistance level goes high. No, you're not going to be in charge of me. You can't have that. It just doesn't work. So I take a look at cult leaders, and man, do they get educated people, too. People who are, you would be surprised at their educational business level, very successful people who end up joining cults and doing everything they're told to do and letting people abuse them. And yet the people at the very top of the cult, again, look at the high life that they live, how they get control over other human beings. You want to talk sheeple, dear Lord, that sheeple, Wheatland, Wingnut, in Wheatland. I'm going to go ahead and grab your link real quick here and see what you're sending me. So anyway, add this to the list of the reasons why I call this the cult of climate change. It really is cult-like activity. Uh, yes, okay. Now, uh, he just sent from the Red State. Wingnet, that's the story I was just talking about before the break, that Greta Thunberg is protesting wind turbines. Yeah, I was just covering that story. However, let me see. I wonder the video that's embedded in your story does that have Greta in it? Yeah, there's her. there she is protesting. She's just sitting there. They're just occupying a lobby area. And she's just sitting there. Support, uh, the struggle for, for human rights and indigenous rights. Um, yeah. There's the typical protest of Greta Thunberg. Um, all right, well, I ate John about wind turbines. Morning, John. So I'm driving on I-80 this morning, clear and dry for a change. Mm-hmm. And I'm just driving past uh, one of the wind farms between right. China, uh, you know, and the cows are grazing right underneath the windmill. Okay. So I don't think they care. I, you don't think they care? Okay. Because I hear you know, cows. what? Yeah, cows don't seem to care about anything really. All Except the grass or the hay. They, there you go. That's about it. Other than that, they just really don't care. Have you heard? Because I've been watching as they're trying to study to find out. Does this affect the migration? of animals across Wyoming, uh, forget the cows, but migrating animals, do you think it bothers them at all? I don't think so because okay. I have driven by these wind farms and I've seen, you know, mostly it's pronghorn out here on the fret, you know, right. and I've seen herds of upwards of 100 just strolling just right along the wind See, Because if you were to put out a bunch of oil wells, they would tell you that it affects the migration of those animals. But if you put up a bunch of wind turbines, they seem to think that it doesn't. And I would like to know what exactly is the difference. Well, all you have to do is go back to the Alaska pipeline when they said it was going to destroy the caribou. Yeah. And the heat heat from it, the caribou started, uh, I don't know what a caribou does. We'll say nesting right next to it because of the heat. Yeah, it was nice and warm. And so when the caribou have extra food and all that warmth, they start to do what nature tells them to do, and we ended up with more caribou. Yeah, and uh, from what I've heard, I've never tried a caribou. tastes pretty good. Okay. I'll put that on my menu next time around. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, I do hear all the time that it's going to affect the migration of these animals. Well, okay, I... They say that about oil wells, but they don't say that about wind turbines. But Greta's saying that about wind turbines. Jim and Casper. Speaking of rich, educated people falling for a cult, Scientology. Actually, Jim, I was just thinking about Scientology when I was talking about that. Oh, there's a lot of people who've gotten into Scientology that were very successful people. 
And then they get sucked into this cult that takes everything. Mind, body, soul, money, property, business, all of it. And that's exactly what the cult of climate change wants to do. They want us living in micro homes, walking everywhere and eating bugs. But those people at the top, no. No, they'll never do that. How dare you suggest it? Coming up on 6.30. Look at local news, your weather forecast right after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Six thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's our friend I eighty John up there at Grand Canyon. I want to pick up on what he was saying. When I first came to Wyoming, uh, roughly sixteen years or so ago, one of the stories that I came across was about. Uh, how animals are affected by oil wells and the migration of various animals. You know, we cannot have sage grouse producing, and they're endangered. We have all these oil wells, and they're not going to produce because of all these oil wells. And it affects all sorts of other wildlife, too, and so does coal mining and natural gas. And then I started getting calls from people who are actually out there in the fields, from ranchers to farmers to people who work in those industries saying, I see animals like that out here all the time, living right next to these things. It doesn't seem to bother them a bit. In fact, there was one story. It had to do with um, the mating habits of wildcats and so on and how oil drilling was affecting that. Then somebody sent me a picture. There was a oil rig, and you know, those oil rigs have that little outbuilding. All the controls are. And some bobcat had gotten in there and was having a little babies right inside that thing because it was nice and warm in there in the wintertime. So when I hear that, well, you would put up a bunch of oil wells, natural gas wells, and you, we're affecting the migration corridors of these animals and their mating habits, then go ahead and put up a wind farm or a solar farm, and where's the criticism on that? Especially when we, that's good, I like I am right in Evansville. Wind turbines make cows fart more. Well, there you go. <laughs> when you start putting up all the uh, wind farms, uh, they get a moratorium on killing birds. They get an actual permit to allow them to kill birds. But you won't get that for natural gas or oil wells or anything like that. So, again, here, once again, is the double standard that is pushed on us, it's okay to put up a wind farm or solar farms that are huge, massive, take up massive amounts of land. Don't worry, the animals will migrate right through. It's not going to bother them. But build an oil field in the same area, and no, you can't do that because it'll affect the migration and mating habits. Massive double standard here. And it's something that I'll address, you'll think about, but let's go back to what we used to consider the mainstream media and, and politicians. Do they really ever talk about these things? Not really. They would rather just sweep it under the rug and deny its existence. I'm still waiting for these same people who demand all of this stuff from us 
to sit down and start eating bugs for dinner. Welcome to Wiggle Burgers. Would you like to see a menu? Sure, but I probably just want a red burger and some fries. I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm really hungry. You might like the grasshopper bacon bits or the mealworm arancini. Maybe try some worm salt soup. But wait, what the heck is the mescal worm salad? Oh, those little guys are great. We crushed them fresh this morning. You... Crushed. Have to do it while there's still larvae, or there's that horrible crunching sound. Besides, most people don't like exoskeleton in their mouth. Just what the hell are you saving here? Sir, Wiggle Burgers is a bug restaurant. We serve only organic, sustainable bug and bug larvae. Gotta keep that carbon footprint down. Save the planet, you know? Uh, please tell me they brought candy camera back. I don't understand. Yeah, you're, you're probably too young for that television show. It was on back when a person had to get up and go change the channel. <gasps> so you remember when the world was in black and white? Well, most things were black and white back then. I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Look, I'm in a rush. Just give me a bowl of cereal. That should be safe enough. Mealworm puffs okay? Do you want nut milk or freshly squeezed cicada larvae? You don't just have cow's milk. Do That's you? disgusting. You know, if you keep grossing people out like this, you'll kill everybody's appetite and starve the human race. Guaranteed population control? That sounds perfect. To be honest with me, do you really eat this stuff? Oh, come on now. If you advocate for this stuff, you don't actually have to do it. Oh, but the rest of us better or else. Damn straight. So what I want to see, and I'm never going to be able to see this. It's not going to happen. What I want to see is during the next big climate conference that they have, World International Climate Conference that they have, what I want to see is instead of everybody getting in their big limousines and riding to the airport and flying corporate jets to wherever in the world, they just decide to have it online. You have to worry about a, cor uh, a big you know, CO2 footprint. That would take care of that problem right there. And during the entire climate conference, I want people living in micro homes, and I want them being served like a bug cereal for breakfast, things like that. Let's see them do everything that they demand of us at the next worldwide climate conference where they swear that we have to take all of these extreme measures to save the planet. Well, let's correct that. You have to take all of these extreme measures to save the planet. They, on the other hand, will get rich off of us trying to save the planet. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. This weather up Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six forty-eight. The time off to the ice box. We go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Uh, Frank, I suddenly had to put the brakes on when I was scouring social media, and here's a picture of the Chicago White Sox third base coach Jeff Cox. Had no idea that someone had taken bubble gum and stuck a paper cup on top of his helmet. Oh, okay, yeah. Sometimes and sometimes they do the old-fashioned hot foot. Well, okay, what's hot foot? What's that? They kind of put matches by your shoes and oh, set that, them on fire. That, that old-fashioned kind of, okay. You know, so he has bubble gum on the helmets, yeah. and there's all kinds of pranks in baseball. Yeah, they even do it in the regular season in the dugout. They sometimes do it to, to rookies, you know. Like, okay. Yeah, that's just, 
Yeah, it's the way okay. it goes. Got to you, you got to have some levity. You got to now a Columbus Blue Jacket. Somebody went around the locker room cutting out the inside of the pockets of everybody's uniforms. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, let me see. There's one team. Let me see. Uh, fake interview with a fake reporter. That must have been just fun. Yeah. Okay. So if it, the the interview was fake. Yeah, the whole thing was. Yeah. The, oh, okay. The uh, popcorn prank, age old one, pulled by many athletes on other athletes. Uh, teammates will steal keys to the other teammates' car, and then they fill the car entirely with popcorn. Yeah, I've heard heard that. Okay. Yeah, uh, where the car disappears for for like a day or. Okay, I uh, see. Uh, he was a rookie at the time. Uh, he would sign a helmet for his family. Little did the poor rookie suspect he was actually signing his own helmet, which was given away. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. During a film interview, Pete Carroll, head coach of USC football team, decided to prank his players. I like it when they get back. He played the tape of police had given him as evidence for the team's arrest. <laughs> Sorry, but you're all under arrest. Yeah. And then probably some of those guys probably uh, were like, hmm. Yeah, probably. They, they finally found me here. Yeah. 1982, UC Berkeley beat Stanford. Final moments of the game turned into a kickoff. Students put together and distributed the, on the Berkeley campus a phony version, which showed the results going the other way. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody thought we won. No, you didn't. No. Oh, boy. Men's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowboys pulled a major upset. They beat Nevada and Laramie 80 to 71. The folks are now 9 and 20 overall, 4 and 13 in Mountain West play. They got 28 points from Jeremiah Oden, 25 points from Hunter Maldonado. UW won an astounding 24 28 from the free throw line, and Nevada falls to 22 and 8, 12 and 5 in league play. That loss really doesn't help the Wolfpack chances of NCAA tournament play, that's for sure. Cowboys conclude the regular season on Saturday at number 18, San Diego State. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball player Allison Furtick was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week yet again. She averaged 25 points a game and wins last week over Nevada and Colorado State, going 20 of 23 from the field, 20 of 30 from the field. Cowgirls will be the number two seed in next week's Mountain West Tournament in Las Vegas. Junior college basketball, the Casper College teams wrapped up the regular season last night in Torrington, beating Eastern Wyoming. The Casper women now rated 15th in the country, beat EWC 83-62, thanks to 15 points from Douglas native Jocelyn Igo. The Casper College men lost to Eastern Wyoming last night, 101-99 to drop the 22-7. Next up will be the respective Region 9 tournaments. High school basketball, the 4A regional tournaments will start on Thursday. The 4A boys west will be in Afton. Kelly Walsh will play Star Valley in the first round at 7.30. The 4A boys east regional will be in Casper. Laramie plays Sheridan in the first round on Thursday at 10.30. Cheyenne East meets Campbell County at 1.30. Cheyenne South takes on Thunder Basin at 5. Cheyenne Central meeting the Trona at 8. On the 4A girls side, first in the west in Afton, Kelly Walsh will play Star Valley at 4.30 in the opening round over in the 4A East in Casper. On Thursday, Thunder Basin plays Cheyenne South at 9 in the first round. Cheyenne Central takes on Sheridan at noon. Laramie plays Campbell County at 3.30. Cheyenne East has a date with Natron at 6.30. The top four from the East and the top four from the West qualify for the state tournament that will be next week in Casper. This week in Casper, it's the 1A and 2A state high school basketball tournament that will start on Thursday. The high school Nordic ski season concluded in Jackson over the weekend. On the girls' side, Lander won the state championship team-wise, ending Jackson's 11-year run of state champs. Natrona's Alley Wheeler was the individual champion in the Classic and the Freestyle races. On the boys' side, Jackson won the state title for the fifth year in a row, and Jackson Sam Sinclair won the Classic race, and Lander's Bennett Hutchison won the Freestyle race. So they certainly had enough snow for that. Oh, I I don't think Jackson has any 
problem with snow. No. So this week they'll host the Alpine Championships and they'll have no problem with snow. No, none whatsoever. In fact, did you have some like white, like powder sugar on your vehicle this morning when you got up? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. That was just a little bit of a dusting that we got. So I'm listening to Don Day's forecast. They got all these ski events going. Mostly the mountains throughout the rest of the week just keeps getting that dusting. That'll keep it fresh for them. Well, the skiers will love it. Oh yeah, have a great time. All right, thank you, Frank. Yeah, that's just got, your forecast is a mess for the next couple of weeks, according to Donde. He'll explain that when he comes on with me at 745. We have an article about that on the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. News time right after that. National local update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. I do have a couple of interviews in the 7 o'clock hour. Grover Norquist, Americans for Tax Reform, and Wyoming Freedom Caucus disappointed with some substitution bills that have been offered into the Wyoming House and Senate. Wake up, Wyoming. the time it's wake up wyoming heard on great radio stations across the region recently the president doing what he usually does accused the republicans of wanting to mess with your social security and medicare and medicaid and yet behind the scenes that's exactly what he's doing but of course it doesn't get a whole lot of attention by the mainstream obsolete irrelevant press from americans with tax reform is grover norquist who does not have to get dressed to be on this program like he does with fox news morning Grover. good morning how are you doing very good so the president apparently wants to do what uh, social security tax raises what is this well he's certainly open to that uh, a number of democrats have started the campaign Senators and congressmen urging, urging him to do that. Uh, right now, he hasn't said yes. But remember, everything that the hard left wanted, uh, Bernie Sanders was the crazy person, and uh, somehow the Democrats were going to nominate Biden, and we would get a moderate Democrat. He's done everything Bernie told him to do so far. And the next thing Bernie is over at the White House telling him to do with a bunch of Democrat senators uh, behind him was to raise Social Security taxes. Already, if you take all of your payments for Social Security and the one that the, you know, the business puts half in to, you know, the employer, um, that, I mean, that's your money. Your boss would just as soon give that to you as the Social Security. So if you take that money that's quote-unquote invested for you and if you put it in the stock market, you'd be much better off than you will be when you retire and have no savings whatsoever in Social Security. And the amount of money that you get is less than you'd get off the interest if you'd actually had a you know, a 401k or an individual retirement account. Every time you raise Social Security taxes, you make the return on your Social Security taxes. They're not raising benefits. They're just raising taxes. Makes you poorer. Makes you worse off. You're paying more for the same thing. And yet the last time that a president, which was a Republican president, suggested that we allow people, if they choose, to invest yep. in themselves rather than t 
taking in Social Security, that was mislabeled by the media as privatizing Social Security, which it has nothing to do with privatizing it. It's allowing you to keep your own money. Absolutely. And that remains very popular with younger people who quite understandably understand that Social Security will not be there for you if you're 20 or 30 or 40 in any recognizable form. It's set up, unfortunately, like a Ponzi scheme. Uh, and But that said, raising taxes only makes the problem worse, the return that you get on your Social Security FICA taxes. Uh, it is a bad idea that the Democrats want to do. They tried under Obama, let alone factoid. Obama went to the Republicans who wanted $2 trillion in spending restraint if he was going to get $2 trillion in higher debt ceiling. And we won that fight. We won that fight. He wanted a trillion-dollar tax increase and a trillion-dollar cut in Social Security and Medicare. He wanted a trillion dollars out of Social Security and Medicare. And, of course, the Republicans said, no, we want to spending restraint, period. And we're not going to get into a conversation with you. Because what would happen is Republicans, if they said okay to that, uh, he would step backwards and let the Republicans take the pounding court. Uh, but the D's eventually do want to both raise taxes on for Medicare and Social Security and cut benefits. That's their solution to the crisis, mm-hmm. uh, the pending crisis down the road. Uh, higher taxes and lower returns on what you paid what in you put for. into it. Yeah. They would like the Republicans to hold their hands while they do that. What is the possibility? I know there's a lot of people who are getting Social Security who either never paid into it or only partially paid into it. Any way we can deal with them to help save Social Security, would that be enough? It's not enough, but there's there's a certain amount of fraud that they should put some time into. The federal government spends very little time combating fraud. When we learned how high the fraud rate was with all of the COVID programs, what was more shocking to me was not that 20, 25% of it was going to people who lived in China, <laughs> Nigeria, Russia. Um, literally overseas fraud was the bunch of it. But that they said, oh, yeah, that, every, all of our programs from food stamps on have levels of fraud about that hot. Okay? Yeah. And, and they have fought every effort to try and protect against that. So and I'm, I'm sure that there is a level of fraud that you could... Uh, make Social Security safer for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But uh, until the Republicans have 60 votes in the Senate and can change laws, that ain't changing. The Democrats, uh, uh, you think of this fraud, they think of this paying their fraud. Yeah. Well, there's also people who just collect Social Security. It's not fraud, but there's programs that were set up that I've read about a while ago, people who are collecting when they didn't personally put anything else in, but it was just extra programs that were tacked on or even partially paid in but are getting full benefits. But I, I actually want to switch gears. You have here sure. in your notes you sent, and it, I guess it depends on where they live. Some Americans, about half of Americans, earning about $100,000 a year living paycheck to paycheck. How does that work? Well, it depends where you where you live. Uh, live in some blue states with the taxes that they have, and in California, it's at thirteen and a half percent marginal tax rate for state income tax. Never mind sales tax. Uh, number of places have local income taxes on top of that. Also, some some people actually spend to their income, mm-hmm. and you can do that 
with $20,000 a year and you can do it with $100,000 a year. And it's a dangerous way to do it because all you have to do is trip and fall and something goes wrong, you know, then you're, a, you don't have a month saved in the bank. Um, this, so one would hope that one, people should do better at that. But two, it also is the high cost of government crowding out savings. Your people, we mentioned you know, where you live. One of the reasons I like living in the state of Wyoming is while my paycheck is less here than if I worked in a major market, then again, the cost of living here is nowhere near like what a major market is, which is why I think a lot of people have moved to places like South Carolina, Florida, and other such states, and even Wyoming, other such states that either don't have a state income tax or just don't have the burden of government, let's say, that a California or New York does. Well, the good news is that there are going to be more of those. There are eight states with no income tax right now. There are 10 states that are moving in that direction. Uh, Arizona brought theirs down to 2.5%. As soon as they have a Republican governor, they'll take that to zero. North Dakota is taking their income tax to 1.5% and then to zero. Iowa has the four-year. They passed a law that in four years, their top rate, which was 8.6%, goes down to a single rate of 3.9, and then they go to zero. Uh, Kentucky's voted a 10-year phase-out of their personal income tax. Louisiana, a 15-year phase-out of their personal income tax. Uh, Mississippi's committed to go to zero, but they've only gone, they've only asked a lot to go to a third of the way uh, that way right now. Uh, I was just in West Virginia with the governor and the House, which uh, are committed to go to zero, and they just passed this year a 21% cut in their income tax on the way to zero. Okay. Hopefully that all comes with smaller government, more freedom at the same time. How do people follow you and Americans for Tax Reform? Our website is atr.org, Americans for Tax Reform, atr.org. I tweet it at Grover Brooklyn. All right, Grover. As always, good to hear from you. Have a good day. Appreciate it. You too. 7.15 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Wyoming legislative process is underway. And this time around, there are actually some pretty good bills that a lot of people would like to see get through. But you've got to be careful of the process. Because bills get changed along the way, and sometimes bills even get substituted, and what you think is the bill that you were in favor of and supported may not be. John Bear, Jeremy Haroldson, on the line from Wyoming Freedom Caucus. Okay, John, this sounds kind of sneaky to me. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Glenn, what, uh, what I'd like to say is that you know we're under a lot of scrutiny for something called civility mm-hmm. within the legislature, and what we're accused of is being uncivil for things like exposing people's voting records and for uh, using the rules to challenge leadership when we feel that what they're doing is in uh, contradiction with what we believe the people of Wyoming would like to see. So I've invited Jeremy here to be on the radio with me today because he's a legislator that uh, just happened to have one of these substitute bills brought on on an effort he was trying to make. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, was the bill substituted little by little or all at once? How did this happen? So, Glenn, the, uh, the bill is, is uh, House Bill 105, and what it would have done is it would have repealed gun-free zones around the state. And so the first thing to know is uh, that bill normally would have been sent to judiciary. 
because that is a judiciary item, and, and instead it was sent to appropriations. So that's the first thing you look at and go, wait a second, is what, what's going on here? Uh, is, is this truly what we thought it was going to be? So 105 was sent to appropriations. I got to appropriations. It was the last hour Friday evening a couple weeks ago, and they, they came out and they, they kind of picked apart the bill and, and had a lot of conversation on the bill. And, and I thought, man, we're doing pretty good. They haven't even, they haven't even brought an amendment. So it was an unamended bill, and then they turned around and said, uh, now we're going to present Amendment X. Well, Amendment X was a completely different bill that, in essence, took us from uh, a gun-free zone repeal bill that would have said, hey, you know, we're going to eliminate our gun-free zones in the state of Wyoming. We're going we're to preserve our Second Amendment further. And instead, uh, this, this created a, a new... Uh, like advanced concealed carry permits and, and much more uh, government bureaucracy around these gun-free zones. So it went from a, a Second Amendment uh, bill that would have given us more freedom under our Second Amendment to actually, in essence, what I would consider gun control. Does that replace the entire bill, or does it just add in language to change the nature of the bill? Glenn, it actually changes the entire bill. Okay. And what's the about it is all of the sponsors and co-sponsors who haven't seen the amendment, their names are on the new bill. So this is really blindsiding. Normally, let's say we were going to trial, court of law, you get to see what the opposition has. There's a thing called discovery. Everybody knows what everybody's up to before they actually get in front of the judge. That's the way it's supposed to work. Sounds to me like you were blindsided. Absolutely. So it, not only was it a blindside, but after Amendment X was brought forward, they I, I requested a copy because I was unaware of what was going on. Once I got it, uh, I then had the opportunity to maybe have a 30-second look at it. Then they started asking me questions about said Amendment X. And so not only was it a blind side, but then I'm, I'm in essence, kind of almost in a, in a weird or almost sadistic way having to defend this new bill that is now my bill. And, and not only 105 was not the only one, we got to see... As the weeks passed on, we got to see the Stop ESG Elimination Economic Boycott Act that was brought by Rep. Senator Bo Biden. They did that as well to that bill. Uh, the Stop ESG State Funds Judiciary uh, Duty Act. These are Senate File 159 and Senate File 172, both bought, brought by Bo Biden. This happened to but, them as well. And Glenn, what's the, you know you mentioned the the bringer of the bill being caught off guard, but also the public have not seen these amendments before they happen. And the normal procedure for a substitute bill is that a, a, a committee will amend a bill very heavily, and then they'll create a substitute bill to just clean it all up and get it all into you know, the proper format. And that's the normal use of a substitute bill. But this uh, this coming out at the 11th hour with with a, a completely different bill that nobody's seen that actually changes the purpose of the bill, uh, this is a new tactic. Okay. It sounds to me like it also gets around all the committees because it's supposed to go through a committee process and survive the committees before it even gets out into to where you are now. That's accurate. And so on these two Senate files, uh, actually there's a third Senate file 151, the Wyoming Prescription Drug Transparency Act, those three bills that got uh, substituted, they had already been through the Senate side. So they had actually seen a committee, committee of the whole, second reading, third reading. They had vetted through that process. And when they came to our side, 
they were substituted. So it, it is absolutely usurping uh, our our the, ju- the legislative branch's process uh, for for proper legislation. Okay. So, so when I started here and said this sounds kind of sneaky, sounds like somebody invented or created a loophole in the rules, and you folks have to sit down with leadership and change the rules so this can't happen anymore. Well, we just happened to change our procedures, which is one step below our rules. And uh, the Wyoming Freedom Caucus put out a statement just before the session started because we have a, a huge number of freshmen this year because there was a great deal of turnover in the legislature, especially the House. And just prior to uh, the session starting, leadership dropped a 65-page revision of our procedures on us. And, uh, you know, we, we pushed back on that. It was delayed on the vote. But in the end, it was presented as, you know, this is what we've been doing, business as usual. But lo and behold, there's a new appendix that includes this procedure that's being used now. So does this take some things that you guys were wanting to get passed in this legislative session and just basically either fail them or substitute them? You're going to have to try next time around? Are these done? You're, there's no way you can possibly get what you originally had back in? That, I think, is the ultimate uh, result. But yeah. they would have been happy, I believe, with uh, those bills advancing and them being able to support them and us having to support them even though they didn't do what the title said. Right. There's the next thing. Now you've got to let the general public know. The bill might have the same name, but it's not what you thought that you supported in the first place. Correct. And we believe that those those efforts, we brought those bills because we believe they're efforts that the public wanted, the people of Wyoming. Okay. So what do you do from here then? What's what's the next step or the game plan anyway? I will, I would hope you have a game plan. Yeah, absolutely. It really is a matter of changing the butts and seats because uh, this is an effort because that, that happens because the Wyoming Freedom Caucus does not have a majority. So, you know, changing rules to defeat our efforts, uh, having the, the votes, you know, honestly, they could have killed these bills in a, in a more normal way because they had the votes to do so. But that didn't fit their narrative politically. So, what we have to do is get the word out to the public so that they can change the butts in the seats if they want. Okay. So for people who want to talk to the Wyoming Freedom Caucus, how do they get a hold of you and how do they work with you? What do you need? Well, Glenn, we have a Facebook page and uh, we, we also have all of our members of the state network, the State Freedom Caucus network, so they can get a hold of us individually if we've uh, presented our, our membership and, and they have said that I am a member of the Freedom Caucus. They can get a hold of individual legislators or again, they can reach us through Facebook. Okay. Let's make sure to have a meeting between the Wyoming Freedom Caucus and this radio program at the end of the session as well so we can find out how things worked out for you guys when it was all over. Thanks for coming on this morning. Nobody knew this was going on until this interview. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, Glenn. All right. 729, coming up on 730 News Time. Local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
Hear that a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 736 of time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, that was interesting. So I just got done with the Wyoming Freedom Caucus. And what they're talking about is substitute bills. It's something I had never seen before, never heard of before, didn't know as any part of procedures or that this was allowed. Essentially what they're saying is a bill that seems to be acceptable is what people of Wyoming want, according to the Wyoming Freedom Caucus. And it makes its way through committees and all the procedures in the process, and it gets out to where uh, it's in its final phases before I mean, we're going to go to the House and Senate floor to get this debated and done with. And all of a sudden, the bill is substituted. They call this an amendment, but the bill is substituted. That's what the amendment is. I'm going to take out the old bill and substitute a whole new bill under the same name, no, under the same guys, but it's not the same thing. Now, the procedures that were used for this are new. As far as I'm concerned, I haven't seen this before. And so that's what the Wyoming Freedom Caucus is complaining about. How did you just do this? Substitute the bill. It's not the bill that we presented. It's not the one that made it through all of these committees. Substitute the bill. And now we have something completely different sitting in front of us. It's not the same thing. How does that happen? Where, When were these substitute bills drafted? And exactly who took took part in doing them. Why did they not have to go through the same process as the original bill, which is a tough process? Intentionally, getting a bill written and passed is intentionally a tough process. Why was the bill sponsored not notified of the attempt to fundamentally change the bill? If drafted by the committee, why were these meetings not noticed? Why was the public input not in accordance with Wyoming public meeting law? So we got a bit of a problem here. Somebody created some kind of a loophole that's now being employed. This is what they these gentlemen were on the air talking with me about a few minutes ago. And again, it just sort of usurps all of the procedures for something that had already gone through. Again, it's a tough process to get a bill passed. It's supposed to be. Yet somebody found a clever way to get around all of this. So this is what needs to be stopped. So as the Wyoming Freedom Caucus members said, they certainly could use your help on this, but this is something that they want to put a stop to, but they're in the minority right now. And the people in the House and Senate that have been there much longer have control of the rules. So how does this get changed? Well, public notice is one way, putting you on notice. So you know that this is happening, that some of the bills that are going to get passed that you might be in favor of may not be the original bill that you were in favor of. 736, speaking of the legislator, here's our man in Cheyenne with the legislative update. In morning radio, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day with Dayweather with a disclaimer. Because of what's happening in the atmosphere high above our heads, anything Don tells us may not be valid in five minutes. Hello, Don. That is absolutely true. Everything's <laughs> <Yeah>. moving <laughs> and rapidly too. I looked up above this morning in the mountains behind where I am here, and I'm thinking, man, those clouds are moving fast. 
they are moving fast. The winds aloft are pretty stout. We've got a pretty robust jet stream that's bringing these storms into the West Coast. And then basically the pieces, what's left of these storms is coming on through here over the next couple of days. And this brings a wide variety of weather. Literally, you can be sunny uh, for an hour or two, be under a snow shower again, have the sun come back out. You could have the wind blow real hard, then let up a couple hours later, then do it all over again. That's kind of how it's going to go through Friday. Okay, which is why, again, just uh, wait five minutes and the weather changes. Goes that way through Friday, then what happens? Because that sounds ominous. You're scared. Well, there's nothing, as we talked yesterday, I I would say that at least through the weekend, there's nothing large or big coming. Okay. Lots of these little systems, though, and, and they'll continue to come into the weekend favoring the high country and favoring the western mountains and valleys the most in terms of additional snowfall. We will see. Some snow showers get east of the divide, but they're going to be widely scattered. But we don't see a reoccurrence of what we had last week, at least through the weekend. Now, as we get into the middle parts, the end of next week, there's a lot, and I mean a lot of variability in the long-range charts, uh, really to the point to where there's really no use for me. There's no utility for me to tell you what's going to happen Sunday because I don't know. This is quite literally like we've talked about before, where you step outside, sun on your face, calm winds. It's absolutely beautiful out there. Temperatures for this time of year, not bad at all. So my coat is off, but it's nearby. It's like hanging on my arm because any minute now, Don, any minute. Yeah. I mean, things, as you said, was wait five minutes, or I like to say in Wyoming, go five miles. Yeah, go five miles. Okay, now, let's take a look at the temperature swing during this time, because I noticed that we have some nights in the single digits, and then we have some nights that are actually pretty pretty good. Yeah, we're going to still, with extensive snow cover still in many areas, and the fact that we're not really going to be able to pump in really truly mild air from the southwestern United States, while the days, we will have some warmer days and warmer nights, they're still going to be below average. I mean, we start March tomorrow, and yeah. this is the time of year where, you know, if you look at the way the average temperature goes at the beginning of March to the end of March, mm-hmm. I mean, you steadily see those average temperatures go up. But with it so cold relative to average in California and Nevada and Arizona and Utah, even when we do get those southwest winds, that air isn't really warm. I talked to somebody was in vegas this week and they were all excited they go, oh it's gonna be warm i said no it's no, not it's not yeah and <laughs> what's that wind gonna do off and on okay. uh, as these pieces of california storms come in we're gonna have winds we unfortunately will see winds ramp up today into tonight lay down a little bit tomorrow then pick up again wednesday night into thursday we do have high wind warnings for i-25 in southeastern wyoming along i-80 in the southeast corner all right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with your weather forecast. So, like I said, take everything that he just said with a grain of salt. Your weather forecast is valid for about the next five minutes. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Uh, five Frank, minute, five yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Well, it's just I was asking him yesterday about uh, long-term you know, forecast next five days, ten days, and he said, forget it. Oh. Just he's not even going to try it's just so mixed up up there right now it's very difficult to tell what's going to happen next so what do we do uh well just keep your coat draped over your arm at all times or on your back with with sunscreen yeah with sunscreen exactly all at the same time okay every season is going to hit you today and tomorrow (laughs) okay Okay, just so you know All all right i have a list of really bad car jokes and you tell me when i hit someone something good okay okay ready 
When Jimi Hendrix was 16, he was in a car crash. Luckily, it was a fender bender. Yeah, not really good. Okay. What happened to Kermit the Frog's car? If it breaks down, it gets towed. Yeah. Uh, Miss Piggy was such a bad driver because she hogged the road. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. What kind of vehicle does a chicken drive? A coupe? Okay, see, that's... Uh, that, that is so cheesy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good. Okay. Why can't motorcycles do push-ups? Because they're always too tired. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Kids, I bought a new car. It's a... No, never mind. Forget that. I'm skipping that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I want yeah. to hear. <laughs> um, you know that the Tesla comes with a unique new car smell? It's called Elon Musk. Yes. Okay, and... see... That's tacky also. Okay, yeah. Uh, let me see. Last one. What's got four wheels and flies? A garbage truck. Oh, oh the that, flies. That, from, that, that was from 50 years ago. Yeah, 50 years. It and that's still the best one. It's still, yeah, and it sucks today. <laughs> <laughs> Men's college basketball from last night. The Women Cowboys pulled off a major upset. They beat Nevada and Laramie last night, 80-71. to 71. Pokes now 9-20 and 20 overall, 4-13 and 13 in Mountain West play. They got 28 points from Jeremiah Oden and 25 points from Hunter Maldonado. UW won an astounding 24-28 from the free throw line. Nevada falls to 22-8 and 8 overall, 12-5 and 5 in league play in this long uh, doesn't really help their chances of making the NCAA tournament, that's for sure. Cowboys will conclude the regular season on Saturday night at San Diego State. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball player Allison Furtick was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week yet again. She averaged 25 points and wins last week over Nevada and Colorado State, going 20 of 30 from the field. Cowgirls will be the number two seed in next week's Mountain West Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. Junior college basketball, the Casper College teams wrapped up the regular season last night in Torrington, meeting Eastern Wyoming. The Casper women, now rated 15th in the country, beat EWC 83-62, thanks to 15 points from Douglas State of Jocelyn Igo. Casper College men lost to Eastern Wyoming last night, 101-99, to drop up to 22 and 7. Next up will be their respective Region 9 tournaments. High school basketball, the 4A regional tournaments will start on Thursday. The 4A boys West will be in Afton. Kelly Walsh will play Star Valley in the first round at 7.30. The 4A boys East regional will be in Casper in that first round on Thursday. Laramie will take on Sheridan at 10.30 in the morning. Cheyenne East will take on Campbell County at 1.30. Cheyenne South plays Thunder Basin at 5. Cheyenne East, Cheyenne Central, excuse me, plays Natrode at 8 p.m. On the 4A girls side, first in the West in Afton, Kelly Walsh will play Star Valley on Thursday at 4.30 in the opening round. In the 4A East and Casper on Thursday, Thunder Basin meets Cheyenne South at 9 in the morning. Central and Sheridan at noon. Laramie will play Campbell County at 3.30. Cheyenne East has a date with the Trone at 6.30. The top four from the East and the top four from the West qualify for the state tournament that will be next week in Casper. This week in Casper, the 1A and 2A state high school basketball tournament that begins on Thursday. Everybody's going to be on the road someplace. Yes. This would be the good time to do it because there's a little bit of it. Well, I, no, I don't want to say I, I don't think it would be as no. bad as Last no, week. not at all. No, in fact, I, I did get that out of Dante's forecast that it's just nonstop changing, but not as bad as we had last week or the week before. We're a resilient group here, I'll tell you. I when it, does, when yeah. it comes to travel to these with these students, I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of the stories I hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was unbelievable. A, I don't remember what state it was, but I saw a video of some girls' team somewhere in the country. Their bus got stuck in all the snow, and the entire girls' basketball team got out and pushed. <laughs> and so there's video of this on the internet, and they and, got the sucker going. Oh, they got it out? They actually got it. All those girls pushed. And it's not some little school bus. I mean, this is like uh, one of those big Greyhound-style 
buses. The, the exhaust would. Oh my lord! Kill yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, but you get a bunch <laughs> of determined girls basketball players. Alrighty. Anything can happen. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care. Of. Gonna roll into news time after that. And then weather forecast and open phones. Let's wake up, Wyoming. of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I had a couple of really good guests on last hour of the program. And first hour was, I think, really some really good topics too and comments from listeners. You didn't miss any of that if you're just joining us. This show becomes a podcast when the program's over. Use your Wake Up Wyoming app. You'll see that toolbar in the middle. Touch on demand. Select Wake Up Wyoming. Pick the episode you want. There you go. You can listen whenever you want. I come across people all the time. I wasn't able to listen today. I was sort of in and out of my vehicle and whatever. Your phone is your radio. It's so easy. And you can pause it and pick it up again and share it. And I want to hear that again and back it up, whatever you want to do. All right. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Some radio hosts only give you open phones on Friday. For me, I always give you some open phones every day of the week. So... Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Okay, I'm just going to ask for a little bit of advice. We got to be very careful about how I handle this here. <clears throat> I wasn't going to bring this up, but I thought, no, no, you guys, you'll understand this. Just so you know, before I even get into it, this is tasteless. This is crude. But I want you to understand the kind of stuff that I have to deal with at work every day. So I was asked to do a commercial yesterday. Commercials part of this job that I do here. Fine. I like producing commercials. This one, though, was for a colonoscopy exam. Right. A colonoscopy exam. Okay. And when I'm done with the commercial, I find that, and they would like some nice music underneath, the music bed underneath the commercial for the colonoscopy exam. And I start wondering, okay, so, <clears throat> okay, um, what music goes with that? What what exact what kind of tune do I play? And right away I thought of the song He Touched Me. That's um fine. We could you know. A friend of mine suggested any song by the band Badfinger. Fine. 
Yeah, we can do that. And so the ideas just kept flowing from people that are around me as to what kind of – just would like you to think about that. If if you were me in that position, you're producing a colonoscopy commercial, encouraging people to go get a colonoscopy exam. And they say, put a music bed behind it, underneath. What music goes with that? That's what I was struggling with yesterday when I was on this program. So I will let you think of it. You guys are the best. You'll probably come up with something that I should not put under there, but probably will. All right, moving on to stuff that's not so... I'm sorry, were you having breakfast when I was talking about it? I'm sorry. All right, here's one that I actually agree with. Now, in front of my house over the weekend... Boy, the road just got piled with snow. And with the wind blowing, massive piles, big drifts. And all day long, cars kept getting stuck, not just on the front of my house, but there's a road just off to the side, one house away from me. There's a side road. And people just kept getting stuck all day long. The worst of it came about 7.30 at night. Eight vehicles stuck at once, and they had to get a big machine in there to eat the snow and spit it out in order to get all of these cars clear. And a police officer told me, you know, they had closed that road down earlier. They put barriers up on either end of the road a long time ago. People kept running it. My answer to the officer was, but I I don't understand why you would even need barriers. You should be able to look at that and go, I'm not going to make it. Especially if you're an experienced Wyoming driver, right? Here is from the website County 10. Headline for you. Driver ran road closed gate South Pass over the weekend. Got stuck. $750 fine. Lander, Wyoming, Wyandotte District 5, shared Monday morning that a driver who ran a road gate that was closed over the weekend, again, got stuck, $750 fine. Quote, drivers who run road closed gates may be liable for charges that it takes to reopen the roadways in order to get them unstuck. YDOT said. That's happened in the past weekend. Y28 South Pass, south of Lander. If he, it, it doesn't pay to be camping out on that road in the middle of the night, they got to send rescue crews out, stuff like that. My thought was always, and this is what I gather from the story that I think that they're doing. I just think this is what's happening, which I'm in favor of. So if somebody does go, they close a road, they put the gates up, sorry, don't do it, just don't. And they even warn people, if you do, we can't help you. They have to, emergency officials have to put their resources where they can, and they don't have enough presence to be everywhere. It's not possible for them to be everywhere. So they put their resources where they can, and sometimes they close off other places. Um, We're not going to be able to help you, don't do this. But if you do, if you run the barrier and do it anyway, and now you really are life in danger, okay, now they have to send out road equipment to clear the road so the emergency people in the tow truck can get to you. That's expensive. Who's paying for that? Sounds to me like what they're doing is not only are you going to pay a $750 fine, but you're also going to pay for everything that it took to get you out of that situation, which I'm in favor of. Whatever machinery, emergency equipment, whatever the case is. Some backcountry people have been shocked. Wintertime comes, it gets really nasty up in the mountains. 
And some adventurous people, I understand the urge, I completely get it. Adventurous people go up into the mountains, they want to go hiking, camping, skiing, all that good stuff. Then they get stuck and they call for extraction. So emergency crews, including helicopters and all of that, go up and get them. When these people get rescued, they're then presented with a bill, which I've always been in favor of. That's expensive. Those emergency crews, the helicopter, all of that, not only is it dangerous for those rescuers, but it's really expensive to do that. Why should the taxpayers have to pay that? So if you're someone who decides to run a barrier in the wintertime because you're, you're determined to get wherever you're going and you get stuck like that, don't be surprised if you are fined and have to pay the bill for your extraction, which, again, I think is perfectly reasonable. Okay, I'm starting to get some suggestions. Um, <clears throat> you guys are the best. I re- I, okay, so the, the question was, again, I, th- there's no way to do this. I'm being as careful as I can. I, this is a true story. I had to do a commercial encouraging people to get a colonoscopy exam. And they want a music bed behind it. What's the music bed? What goes with that? Let's see. Uh, Grandpa Rich said he's had two. The prep is worse. And he got to sleep during the procedures. Thank God for you. Kenny and Cheyenne, background music. Take this job and shove it. (laughs) That's good. Chet and Yoder, play the Jaws theme. Okay, you see? (laughs) Knew I can count on you guys. Uh, 8.15, Wake Up Wyoming. This weather update. But never boring. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Change the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. According to Rianne and Fort Danger, it should be complicated. Just use elevator music. Other people have suggested the same thing, Rianne, not just you. What she's talking about is I had to do a commercial for uh, basically getting a, a colonoscopy. And they want music in the background. What kind of music goes with that? Exactly. So uh, Rianne just says elevator music. Okay. Uh, Kenny and Cheyenne take this job and shove it. Chet Yoder says the theme from Jaws. A friend of mine said any any song by the band Badfinger would be great. I'd, okay. I, there's all sorts of things we could play in the background for that. I just didn't know what they mean by What goes with that? that I, okay, I don't know. Just play it quietly so I can say I put it in the background. I'd, these are the ups and downs of my job. <laughs> Uh, let's see, three months till. Oh, that's pretty good, Miss Mary. I like that. Um, she just sent me a picture. I'm responding to. Okay, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Greater Idaho movement to absorb conservative rural counties from liberal Oregon gains momentum. There's a lot of people who would like to secede from their state, or even some places that just want to secede from their city. This happens a lot. And remember, okay, when I was a kid growing up. I'm down in, like, way south Florida, southwest Florida. And there were a lot of people who were leaving Cuba coming to America. There's only a couple of cases where people left America and went to Cuba, and they were escaping because the law was after them. But that almost never happened. I mean, maybe twice. 
the vast majority of people escaping Cuba, dear Lord, that happens repeatedly. Take a look at your very leftist blue cities and states. More people moving away all the time. Eventually, those places are going to put up walls to keep people in, like most communist countries do. Here's a story. A campaign to leave rural eastern Oregon, effectively to secede from the blue state, and join a more conservative Idaho, gaining steam. See, here in Wyoming, we have the same thing. You head down to Colorado, and there's a couple of counties on the Wyoming-Colorado border that have discussed, can we just join Wyoming? I don't mind personally, but okay. Former House Speaker Mark Simmons penned an op-ed in the Idaho Statesman Daily Newspaper over the weekend to explain why supporters of the so-called Greater Idaho Movement, which seeks to incorporate about 13 Oregon counties, or 63% of the state's landmass and 9% of its population, quote, Idaho would have the satisfaction of freeing rural conservative communities from the progressive blue state laws. California has the same problem, by the way. There's a lot of California that's conservative counties. They're vastly outnumbered by the people who live right on the coast. But when you go more inland, especially north, but more inland, you have very conservative red counties. They would like to be their own state. Quote, we're dismayed by the manner in which Oregon government has marginalized our values and villainized our resource base and livelihoods. That's why our counties voted 75% Republican last year. Idaho voted 67% Republican. Simmons described how the Oregon stores are selling drugs near Idaho communities and hurting their quality of life in the area, explaining that moving the state line would force drug shops away from most of Idaho's population and eastern Oregonians. These counties would help maintain rural values, he says. Idaho legislator values faith, family, self-reliance. That self-reliance one is a massive one to me. All of eastern Oregon voted against marijuana legislation and the decriminalization of hard drugs. Simmons' op-ed came after Idaho's House of Representatives earlier this month passed a resolution not to move the Idaho border, but rather call from formal, for formal talks between the state legislators about relocating the boundary line. It's unclear if the bill would pass the Idaho Senate, but the chamber is, like the state house, dominated by Republicans. Matt McCraw, spokesperson for the Greater Greater Idaho Group, said he's confident that the measure will pass expressing optimism about the movement's goals. Quote, when you have a new idea, there's always a lot of people that roll their eyes and think it's silly. They dismiss it. He said, when we started about a year ago, you know, it got a lot of that. It was never going to happen. Ah, you're wasting your time. Others have expressed doubt, including some lawmakers who voted for measures and talks. This quote here. There really is, I don't believe that this will ever happen, according to the governor. Okay? Democrats jokingly ask for permission to amend the proposal to also add all of Montana to Idaho, quipping that doing so would be enough to allow Idaho to pick up a Democrat seat in Congress. Moving the Idaho-Oregon border would require approval of both state legislators, both states, as well as Congress. Despite the support from Idaho lawmakers, 
The the idea may face greater resistance from the Democrat-controlled Oregon legislator. Oregon state senators said filed a similar proposal to begin talks with Idaho, but the proposal is unlikely to make it out of committee. So there's proponents. Again, there's a lot. This is not the only place where we've seen movements like this. I'm looking at a map of what this would look like right now. One of the things I like about it, when you look at greater Idaho, this would benefit us here in Wyoming. We've had a problem, as you know, trying to get our coal to countries in Asia that would like to buy Wyoming coal. If they did this greater Idaho thing, the map shows that they actually have a pretty good-sized beachhead there which means we could take our coal through greater Idaho right to the shore and send it out to Asian countries that want our coal. Okay, so recent analysis by the Claremont Institute found the state line shift could benefit Idaho economically, provide an annual net benefit for Idaho's state government. Quote, many people moving to Idaho to gain political refuge from blue states will... You can imagine a place would fill up. As for Oregon, proponents of the change said it would save the state money and allow state governments as liberally as they want to do. They can just run whatever. Conservatives would be gone, so they can just go as liberal as they want to go. Beyond drugs and economic policies, key motivations for greater Idaho is about preserving a certain way of life for those people who like to live way out rural. Quote, for a long time, there's been an urban-rural divide. People on the east side of the state have felt like uh, state level has not heard them, not understood their way of life, their values. Well, of course not. They make fun of your values. They call you racist and all sorts of other problems. Greater Idaho would be as big as Montana and twice as populous with the new land increasing the population by about uh, 21%. Now, again, we had the same kind of things right around us, all around us. Here in Wyoming, we've had down in the, right there on the Wyoming border, there's a couple of different uh, county areas that would have suggested we would just like to just, can we just join Wyoming? Can we just become part of the state of Wyoming? And every so often, there's actually a push by people to get some kind of petition going, something like that. Never really gains any momentum. I, I've written a couple of articles about it myself over the past few years just because I think it's really interesting. In fact, I've had a few people who are trying to start that movement on this program to talk about what they're trying to get done. And they're really serious about it, unfortunately. Whenever they bring it up, uh, people, again, smile, roll their eyes, think it's a neat idea conceptually, but no one ever wants to take the steps to actually do this, to actually get it done. All right, should the AR-15, this is an interesting topic, a bill to make the AR-15 AR the national gun, a statement of freedom. <laughs> That's actually another thing that don't think it'll ever gain enough momentum, but it really is interesting. All right, coming up on some local news that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time and your weather forecast right after that. Then it's open phones, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
It's Glenn Woods. Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thirty-six. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. I knew I could count on you, people. I'm getting all sorts of suggestions here. Besides calling the program Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods, the people I'm about to read from here, they sent me notes off of the Wake Up Wyoming app. So when you open up the app, free to download at your app store, just Wake Up Wyoming. You'll see a toolbar across the middle. Look for the chat option. Touch that. You can send me text messages while I'm on the air. So the question was this. And I've been trying to do this tastefully, but there's no tasteful way to do it, so I'll just go for it. Uh, yesterday, I had to do a commercial for uh, <clears throat> trying to get you folks to get a colonoscopy. And uh, there's got to be, according to this, a, uh, <clears throat> a music bed underneath. I'm so glad they didn't ask for sound effects. That really wouldn't have, I couldn't, there's no way I could. <clears throat> so what music bed goes with this? Uh, anything by the band Badfinger would be just he touched me would be another one. Here's the suggestions that I'm getting now. Glenn from Casper, no relation because he spells his name with one and mine has two. So his name is Glenn. My name is Glenn. See the difference here? Okay. Baby Got Back by Sir Mixalot. That would, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Who else do we have here? Um, let's see. Uh, Jack, also in Casper. Uh, should be That Smell by Leonard Skitter. Sterling says Five Finger Death Punch. Who's your doctor, Sterling? Chet and Yoder, Holy Driver. <laughs> okay. Uh, Scott is in Scott's Bluff. The theme from the good and the bad and the ugly. Now, that would fit. That really, as the doctor approaches. Brandon and Hawk Springs Mission Impossible soundtrack. Oh, dear Lord, that makes you hang on. Eddie Murphy's Boogie in Your Butt says True Dog and Cheyenne. That's really disturbing. I, okay. That's some of the suggestions that people, and again, I am just so glad that they didn't ask for sound effects on that one. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of music, your favorite song. Oh, I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Well, I want them all. I like guns. Guns. I like guns. So, this story is a bill to make the AR-15 a national gun. It's from Cowboy State Daily. Question, national gun, a statement of freedom or trolling on an epic scale? I think both work. I want both at the same time. I want to make a statement and I want to troll some people on an epic scale. Is a congressional bill, the story says, to make the AR-15 the American's national gun... Uh, a warranted pushback against the erosion of Second Amendment rights, or just high-level political trolling, or deliberately antagonizing ideological opponents um, in favor of all of those. By the way, our national gun rights are actually getting better, not worse. Right? The number of states that have laws very similar to here in Wyoming is growing. There are a few places that keep pushing and trying to pass tougher gun laws, but the Supreme Court has fought back against turning the tide on it. So right now, when it comes to your gun rights, we're winning across the country and on the Supreme Court level nationally as well. 
All right, it's too early to tell the story, says Wyoming gun rights lobby told Cowboy State Daily. Gun Owners of America, as of Monday, was refraining from taking an official stance on H.R. 1095 because the full text of the bill hadn't been released. According to the bill's title, it would make the AR-15 chambered in a 223 Remington round um, the national gun of the United States. Okay. There's a lot about that. I was watching a debate, you know, that Fox News show, The Five. I really don't watch much. What's supposed to be news television. That's a good program, but I just don't really watch. But I did catch a little bit. They had Geraldo Rivera on. He was talking about the AR-15, and absolutely everything he said about the gun was completely wrong. He even thought AR stood for assault rifle which it doesn't. The AR-15 is not the assault rifle number 15. Armalite rifle made by the Armalite company. But he got everything wrong. If the intent of the bill, the story says, mostly to troll political opposition, it apparently worked just by offering the bill. It trolls people and they get upset. One of the bill's four sponsors, Alabama Republican Barry Moore last week, went to a gun store in Troy, Alabama, to publicly announce the measure. The reaction from liberal commentators was swift and scathing. Well, because they look at the AR-15 as, oh, that's the biggest problem America has when it comes to violence. MSNBC commentator Alex Wagner declared that Moore was essentially glamorizing mass murder. No. If you really know anything about mass murder, they have this idea it's a mass murder, therefore it was done by an AR-15. There's times that someone does a mass shooting and they used all pistols. And immediately, they blame the AR-15, even though it wasn't even used. Howard, how you been? I've been good. What's you know, it? the AR-15 is a great firearm. Yeah. But I would much rather prefer the national gun to be the M1 rifle. Hmm. Uh, many people have said the reason we won the Second World War is yeah. because we had the M1. Okay. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, okay. I compete in high-power rifle, and that's the one I shoot is the M1. Okay. It, it is a lot more high-powered than the AR-15. I'll give you that. That's for sure. I mean, it's a... Uh, yeah. You know, if, if you're going to get somebody who's hiding behind a wall, yeah. the M1 will do it. Go right through it, right? The AR, not really. Well, there's a reason for that. I, I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to explain the reason for that, because I thought that was really interesting. Thank you, Howard. Good to hear from you again. So here's... I was wondering why the AR-15 takes such a small round. And, and, of course, there's a military version of it and the civilian version. Of it. The military version is actually an assault rifle that you can flip a switch and go from single round, one pull of the trigger per round, to a burst of, I believe it's three for the AR-15. Because they don't want people going fully automatic. And people like Geraldo Rivera thinking that the gun takes a big, powerful round and shoots like a machine gun. And he says, well, who can hunt with that? They talk about using it for hunting. Who can hunt with that? It's actually a great hunting rifle because it takes a small round. The civilian version is one pull of the trigger at a time. So it's a rifle. But the reason, Howard, for the small round, this is something that was found by doing statistics over time and studying modern war, and here's what they found. So the AK-47, for example, fires a much bigger bullet. 
But that bullet does not go as fast, does not go as far, and is not as accurate. And when it does hit somebody and goes through them, it's one hole, right? So all you got to do is pack the hole and get that person to uh, wherever the surgery is being done. Get them out of there. Get, get them to a, an operating room. The hole is plugged up and the guy's good to go. The survival rate for a big bullet like that is actually pretty high. Because as soon as somebody is hit, their partners just get on top of them and plug the hole temporarily and they're evac'd out. And then the hole is fixed and they're good. You know, they'll recover from that. But the AR-15 takes a much smaller, lighter bullet that will travel farther, faster, more accurately. And when that tiny little bullet gets into somebody, it starts to spin all over the place and does a whole lot of damage inside. Because it's such a tiny little bullet, it spins around, does all sorts of damage. The survival rate for being hit by an AR-15 is much lower because of that. So it's not the big bullet that kills. It's the tiny one that's even deadlier than that. 845, wake up my own. Sometimes the best before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Now, Frank, I'm just going to have to apologize for this because I'm the guy who started it. Who did? Yeah, me. Uh, so my sister sent me a note here because I was telling bad car jokes and whatever. Okay. Yeah, Why yeah. do cows have hooves instead of feet? Because they're lactose intolerant. Lactose intolerant. Oh Cheesy. my god. And so that got it started. Once you start with these people. Oh, I know. And then it's an avalanche. Then you can't stop <clears throat> No, it. you can't. Why was So C I'm begging people, stop. Yeah. No, they don't. It keeps going. Why was Cinderella so bad at soccer? Because she kept running from the ball. Uh, why did the horse stay? Uh, what did the horse say after it tripped? Helped. I've fallen and I can't giddy up. Oh, boy. Please. Can you just Glenn, smack Glenn, the people? Glenn, Glenn, please stop. Oh, okay. But just two more. Just <laughs> two more. Uh, what do you call a well-balanced horse? Stable. Yes. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. What do you call an angry carrot? A steamed vegetable. No, let's do one more. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, where do polar bears keep their money in a snow bank? Okay, see, oh, these boy. jokes are really good when you're talking to some little kid. Yeah. You know, and the little kid's hearing jokes for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, they they, they, they love the cheesy sure. stuff. Sure. I love the one I heard when I was a kid. Why did Billy drive his car off the cliff to test the air brakes? <laughs> I heard that in, like, first grade, and I thought it was the funniest joke ever, and I still remember it to this day. But then aren't you supposed to mature to really good, raunchy, dirty jokes that you can only tell with your friends over a beer? Well, we, we're, we're on radio. Yeah, you know, we can't do that then, can we? We, we can. Yeah, well, just, yeah. We, we probably shouldn't. No, not appropriate. Well, I got people helping with something else. 
Um, I, I'll tell you after the break. <laughs> they're helping me on air, but I think some people out there are going, Glenn, enough already. Yeah, enough, <laughs> but please. I, I asked a question, and everybody's sending me jokes as an answer. I'll tell you after sports. Meet you in the hallway. All righty. Men's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowboys with a big upset. They beat Nevada and Laramie 80 to 71. Cowboys are now 9 and 20 overall, 4 and 13 in Mountain West play. They got a big game from Jeremiah Odom with 28, and another big game from Hunter Maldonado with 25. UW went astounding 24 of 28 from the free throw line. Nevada falls to 22 and 8 and 12 and 5 in the league play and that loss really hurts their chances for NCAA tournament play. That's not helpful at all to lose a team like to Wyoming. However, the Cowboys do conclude the regular season on Saturday night with a little bit of momentum and they'll be at San Diego State. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team, a basketball player, Allison Furtick, was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week yet again. She averaged 25 points in wins last week over Nevada and Colorado State going 20 of 23 from the field. Cowgirls will be the number two seed in next week's Mountain West Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. In junior college basketball, the Casper College teams wrapped up the regular season last night in Torrington, meeting Eastern Wyoming. Casper women now rated 15th in the country, beat EWC 83-62, thanks to 15 points from Douglas Native Jocelyn Igo. The Casper College men lost to Eastern Wyoming last night, 101-99, to drop to 22-7 on the year. Next up for, for both of those teams will be the respective Region 9 tournaments. High school basketball, the 4A regional tournaments will start on Thursday, and the 4A boys West. Weston Afton. Kelly Walsh will play Star Valley in the first round at 7.30. In the 4A Boys East Regional in Casper, Laramie will play Sheridan in the first round on Thursday at 10.30. Cheyenne East takes on Campbell County at 1.30. Cheyenne South plays Thunder Basin at 5. Cheyenne Central meets Natrona at 8. On the girls' side in 4A in the West and Afton, Kelly Walsh and Star Valley at 4.30 in the opening round. Over in the 4A East and Casper on Thursday, Thunder Basin plays Cheyenne South at 9. Cheyenne Central meets Sheridan at noon. Laramie plays Campbell County at 3.30. Cheyenne East has the date with Natrona at 6.30. The top four from the East and the top four from the West qualify for the state tournament that will be next week in Casper. This week in Casper, the 1A and 2A State High School basketball tournament will begin on Thursday. The high school Nordic ski season concluded in Jackson over the weekend. On the girls' side, Lander won the state championship, ending Jackson's 11-year run as state champions. Natrona's Allie Wheeler was the individual state champion in both the classic and the freestyle races. On the boys' side, Jackson won the state title for the fifth year in a row. Jackson Sam Sinclair won the classic race, and Lander's Bennett Hutchison won the freestyle race. And that's in sports. So this winter has been different enough that I've had even people who are born and raised in Wyoming go, all right already. And yet, you know, more's coming. So I put up a post, Frank, for those people who are just sick of it and would like to just a, a bit of spring or summer. I have pictures of fields of flowers, people at yeah. the beach. Uh, the classic song, Summertime. Remember that? That goes yeah. way back. Or Summertime Blues. Uh, yeah. yeah, I could do that one. Also, Kid Rock's All Summer Long. Yeah. That was a massive hit for him. So if anyone wants to just get out of, you know, winter blues for a while and just think about spring and summer, that post is up on the Wake Up Wyoming website, Frank. I just want to change the mood. Yeah, it, right? it's it's nice to dream. It is. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Got to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on your weather forecast. And open phones. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
106 to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. we got a whole bunch of topics going on here. Uh, some people who were asked, oh, I just have to do this one more time. Just get this out of the way. Let's go ahead and do it because I'm getting great suggestions. There's no way. I keep trying to do this tastefully. There's no way. Okay, so I was asked to do a commercial, which I did. For colonoscopy, they want music in the background. What kind of music goes with that? People are sending in suggestions. Steven Casper, uh, no, uh, no oh, sorry, wrong topic there. Okay, here we go. Beef Guy in Douglas, Highway to the Danger Zone. Redbeard in Guernsey, just do it. DJ Wildfree in Mills, Rotor-Rooter jingle. <laughs> That's true. Rianne in Fort Danger, uh, you could use Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah, okay. Jack and Casper, uh, Smell by Leonard Skinnerd, Sterling from Casper, Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, I said anything by the band Five Finger, but, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, let me see. Mission Impossible soundtrack. That's Brandon in Hawk Springs, True Dog in Cheyenne, Eddie Murphy's Boogie in Your Butt. Yeah, okay. Um,. I like Kenny and Cheyenne. Take this job and shove it. Huh? <clears throat> Those are the suggestions. Thank God they didn't ask me for sound effects. Okay, it's open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine, I'll roll with it. So you might have heard news top of the hour. Supreme Court reviews student loan debt handout plan and how it may affect you. The Supreme Court is to hear arguments today. They're doing it right now. And, of course, there's protesters out front of the Supreme Court. We demand that we get. No, they want that money. In cases to determine the fate of President Joe Biden's student loan debt handout plan. Now, this is something he couldn't get through Congress. So he tried to use a law that had nothing to do with student loan debt for everybody. The, the idea was a law that came around 9-11 that was supposed to forgive some student debt because of the country was in crisis was the excuse. Well, you know, COVID is that the country is in crisis. Therefore, because of COVID, justices will hear a pair of challenges to the state loan and debt handout, both of which involve questions as to whether the Department of Education has been authorized by country to advance the rule implementing Biden's plan and following the proper regulatory procedures, which, of course, he didn't. This, is, this comes down to the president just decided, I'm just going to send this money. And even the Wicked Witch of the West, Nancy Pelosi, said the president just can't do that. This is going to run into trouble, she said, which it is right now. Jim is in Cheyenne about self-checkout. Hello, Jim. How are you doing this morning, Glenn? Good, sir. What you got for me? 
uh, over the weekend, we, we remember when you talk about self-checkout last week, yeah. you know, Sam's Club has gone to almost all self-checkout. Right. But Sam's Club has a feature that you can actually scan items off the shelf on your phone, pay for it online, and don't even have to go to self-checkout. Yes. You just do it on your phone. Right. Very convenient, very nice. Well, I go to walk out of the store, and there's like 30 people waiting in line to have their items checked by a checker going out the door. Right. So I'm like, I've already paid for it. I have a receipt on my phone. I'm not going to wait on this line. So I just walked around the line and and walked out the door, and this, this lady checking people out was just kind of yeah. stared at me and said, Sir, sir, and I just kept walking. Okay. You don't get it both ways. Okay. There yeah. was a... Um I noticed this years ago. You notice the Walmart greeters used to say hello to you when you walked in the door and maybe push a cart and ask you what you were looking for? Now they face the other way on the way out because they're trying to stop as much loss as possible. Yeah, but this, this, this lady at Sam's Club, she's only checking two, three items in your cart. Yeah. She's got a 45th down. She's not checking them all. She, no, she's not. She, no. It's just, it's, it it's doesn't just work. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it really is not whatever they're trying to do. I know is not working for them as far as loss is concerned, because both Walmart and Sam, same company, man, the stuff that they lose to theft every single day is shocking. I mean, it, it honestly is. I'm not sure what they do about it, but what they're doing right now, it just isn't working. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to pay for an item, have it in my cart, and yeah, bypass self checkout just to wait the line. And okay, it's not going to happen. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, that, then, so what do you guys think? Um, I've had people say that before. I already paid for this. You know, you're it's supposed to be a thing to, to prevent me. What he's saying, what he's saying there is supposed to be a thing to prevent me from having to wait in line. Okay. But on the other hand, they do want to try to check to make sure stuff is not just walking out the door. Because when you take a look at how much Walmart and Sam's Club, just to name those stores, lose to theft every single day, it's a lot. It really is a lot. So the question is, what do you do about that then? Now, I've had people suggest that, well, the reason that the theft rate is so high is because they're letting us do the checking out. That may be having a checkout line, though, with an actual person looking at your items, the theft was still very high. People find ways around it, they really do. In general, I would love to find out exactly what do we do to bring, you're never gonna stop shoplifting altogether, but to bring it down to as low as we possibly can because they, these companies lose so much money. Now the self-checkout thing, I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I even like Jim's idea uh, other people have suggested, why don't I try it too? Uh, you just walk in the store, you scan the item with your phone, you paid for it while you were shopping, and you can just walk out. A lot of stores are trying to do that. I don't mind the self-checkout lane. The only time I ever go to a person is if I'm buying a lot of stuff. I could use the help. But in most cases, I don't buy that much, and it's really easy for me to go through the self-checkout. I don't mind it. I'm okay with taking people off of those registers and getting them jobs. Register used to be something that was a skill that had to be learned because running the register was hard. 
and with the old machines and taking payment credit cards had to be taken manually not like they are today and then checks are manual and cash is manual so being a checkout clerk that was a tough job and it it was a skill today anybody can scan something and swipe their card and walk out or like jim was doing just walk by and scan the item on the shelf and put it in the cart and walk out but what do you do now that it's easier for people just to steal if somebody is on the line, oh, let me see, Jim and Casper, got it, okay. Hi, Jim, how are you? Good morning, Glenn, doing well, thank Good, you. Sir. So, just wanted to talk a brief moment, it's parent-teacher conference time, my kid's student here at Kelly Walsh, Okay. and yesterday he came home um, talking about his English assignment, where they had to write and answer an essay question about why toxic, toxic masculinity is harmful. Oh. to society, and then it gave a definition of toxic masculinity. And uh, my kid comes home and talks to me about his, his projects. Um, in Spanish class, they had an exercise, and it's um, Lisa brings home her lesbian friend or her lesbian lover to her mother, and the mother basically ends the conversation with, now, now I have two daughters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, social engineering is taking place in our classrooms. Uh, the state legislator you know, they, they defeated a bill to talk about, to, to defeat, um, uh, you know, some of these things. And they said, oh, it's not happening. But I think people need to be aware that it is and uh, it's, it's taking place. So take a look at your kid's stuff and be, be able to have conversations with these teachers. Okay. So from your perspective, you see that let's take the toxic masculinity thing. Uh, my answer would be to rewrite the definition and, you know, write my own essay if I were a kid doing this and send it in. What do you guys plan to do? Yeah, my, we, we talked about it, and my son basically said, you know, this is just a social construct that someone came up with. Is there toxic femininity? Yeah. Um, what, you know, what, how can you define aggression or these things as, as toxic? And if it's toxic, why has humankind survived for thousands and thousands of years? It would seem that we would have, you know, put ourselves out of existence if it was toxic. Yeah. Uranium yeah. is toxic. I know. So, what he, wait, I got wife, an idea for you. Gonna, wait, my wife is going to go to the. My wife is going to yeah. go to that parent teacher conference tonight. She figures it's Good. better than I do. Okay. Um, I would like to know what I happens do. there, but I would also like for him, your son, to write an essay about Karens. <laughs> Isn't that toxic femininity? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And maybe it's just toxic to snowflakes. Yeah. I, I don't know, but. Um, you know, I, th- I think we've got two new school board members in the Trona County who were elected this past year, okay. um, you know, and, and we're going to reach out to them. Um, and again, this is just something that comes through. And, and what does this have to do with English class? I mean, you could write about the state of the highways, you could write about topics, but when it comes into these, these, these concepts and different things, um, what's, what's the true agenda there? All right. Good point. Well, let me, I really want to know how this turns out, if you can get back to me. All right, we'll do. Appreciate right, it. Thank, thank you. you. The North American Karen, a wild beast that's dangerous alone, but deadly in numbers. When gathered together, they form what is known as a homeowners association. This HOA peruses the gated community on the hunt for a vulnerable manager. But today, their vulnerability will be exposed. A Tyronus homeboy sapien. 
the Karens freeze and huddle together in fear, their phones on video mode, at the ready to call for help from their closest friend of the jungle, the Security Officerus. But the harmless Tyronus goes about his business, paying little attention to the Karens. But it's too late. The Karens have already been frightened. They turn and make their escape. Rarely do the Karens find themselves on the receiving end of fear. Today, they are reminded that the world is not their home. They trot home to their husbandless Flacidus to complain that their neighborhood is going to hell. Across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app, this is AM 1030 K2 the time it's wake up wyoming hey dennis and cheyenne if you want to try back now's a good time to do it triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number eight 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 ninety seven w o o d s uh back to the self-checkout and, and by the way this is open phones that's why people are interrupting me and changing the subject that's okay stage caller in cheyenne he sent me a note by text using the wake up wyoming app sam's club checkers at the door is really irritating having to stand in line to exit the store with my two items What's the use? They're not allowed to stop shoplifters anyway. They'll be fired. Well, okay, that's, you see, this is where I say it's not working out for them the way they're trying to do this. I don't mind the self-checkout thing. Just like I don't mind pumping my own gas. That's self-checkout, that's self-service. It doesn't bother me at all to pull up and swipe my card and stick the nozzle in there and the gas pumps and there you go. And I paid for it and I got my product and I drove off. So when I go to a grocery store and I got some items, I'm walking up to the registers. To stand, all you got to do is wave the item over the scanner. And then when you're done waving items, putting them in the bags, you go ahead and just uh, swipe your card and you're done. That's it. The problem people really seem to be having is getting out the door. That's that's where they're stopped, and that's where a lot of shoplifters are not stopped, and that's what's not working for these big box stores. Brad Buckner's on the line. Hey, Brad, hope you've been good. Well, I have been. Uh, I've been, uh, I don't know, about 10 days down in Mexico and having a good time, and I thought it was time to tell you guys about the poker run. Okay. So you're missing all the fun. We had all yeah. these big snowstorms, and the state was closed for a while, and you were down in Mexico. But okay, the poker run. Okay, uh, that's the Laramie Peak Fire Zone, volunteer uh, fire zone, and this is the annual uh, Memorial Day weekend poker run. It's a fundraiser, and uh, this money goes to help fund all of our uh, trucks and tires and, uh, you know, the heat and, you know, propane and all kinds of things like that, and, and uh, most of the money that we need to keep the fire hall uh, and the trucks and everything going comes off of the poker run. And then we also have a buffalo hunt uh, that we sponsor, so that's later. But uh, May the 27th, and that's a Saturday, Memorial Day weekend, is the poker run, and that's quads, side-by-sides, Jeeps, motorcycles, uh, full-size pickups not uh, really advised. And uh, we have our uh, pre-registration. That's on Friday, uh, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then Saturday, the day of the event, 8 a.m. Uh, to 11 a.m. And then uh, you have to return back to the fire hall with your poker hand by 4 p.m. on Saturday, the day of the event. 
It's $40 per poker hand entry fee. You can buy as many hands as you want to. And do remember, it is a donation, so buy a few hands. Uh, last year, first place hand, I believe, was about $4,800. Um, so it is you know, kind of a big deal. The Platte Valley 4-H uh, Club, uh, actually this is the, the shooting sports club, will be there at 7.30 Saturday morning to provide food. Uh, and um, you buy your uh, food from them. And then uh, a lot of the proceeds go to the 4-H and then also donated back to Laramie Peak Fire Zone. Uh, for information, you can call or text 307-331-9146 for details. Also, uh, we have our Laramie Peak Fire Zone uh, website up and running. Uh, another number that you can call is 307-322-5650. And uh, pardon me for a second, but <laughs> I don't remember um, that our uh, website right now. Oh, it, uh, Laramie Peak Firezone. .org. Okay. LaramiePeakFireZone.org, and that's for pre-registration, paying, and stuff like that. All right. Got to run to news time. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. Good time to get signed up. Everybody is right now. Get ahead of the crowd on that. News time is next. Local news update on your weather forecast. Another segment of Open Phones. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. the time. Wake Up Wyoming. Hello, Lindy. She's in North Platte. She was sending me... A note here, uh, Johnny Cash. I'm walking the floor over you. I'm asking. That's going. Um, I had to do a commercial last time. I bring it up. I promise. That had to do with getting screened for colorectal cancer. And they wanted a music bed behind it, and I'm sitting there. And yes, this is yesterday in the studio. What kind of music goes behind a colorectal cancer commercial? So people uh, are sending me all sorts of suggestions, and I got some really good one here. Pete and Cheyenne, the theme to Jaws, that's been suggested quite a few times, and I think that's a good one. Yeah, there's a lot of suggestions that I got. I want to actually go back to something that was uh, mentioned by a previous caller uh, that had to do with what's being taught in schools. You know, the idea that a kid comes home to write a, a paper on toxic masculinity and why it's bad. And the assumption, first off, that's not something a school should be passing out as an assignment. And the assumption is that there is such a thing as toxic masculinity, and it is bad. It, I want to know, is this young man able to write any other kind of paper? Would, would he get flunked if he said, well, like he said to his dad, toxic masculinity is just a social construct? Well, 
That's why I asked the question, and if I were writing the paper, if I were the kid in school writing the paper, I would have written, instead I want to talk about toxic femininity. We often refer to them as Karens. And as you know, the old joke, a group of Karens is called a homeowners association. But let's talk about toxic women. Because oftentimes, you know, and it's justified, there is, of course, a problem with men who are aggressive and abusive toward women. And that's a real thing, of course. What about these aggressive women who are abusive toward men? What about that? That does happen. And there's a lot of men who don't know what to do because if they fight back in any way, in any way, try to stand up and refuse to be abused, then they're treated as the bad person. Well, that's a woman. You you don't fight a woman. I don't necessarily mean physically fight, not even just that. But no, you do that to a woman. You're mistreating her. You're the bad guy now because... What, because you defended yourself? See, that happens too. What about that? We're, the people who push against toxic masculinity never look at the abuse of women out there and want to deal with that problem as well. I don't think there's such a thing as toxic masculinity or toxic femininity. I think there's just a, some people out there of both genders who are just jerks. Yeah, they don't have control of themselves. I don't know. We can go ahead and go and try to figure out what's wrong with them. That's a whole conversation that would last an entire week to try to figure out what's wrong with these people. And we'd never find the answer. I say we'd never find the answer because people have been trying to find the answer to this for as long as the human race has existed. These people have existed. Very difficult to deal with people who are essentially just bullies. And bullies come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and both genders. So to just try to pin it on, well, it's a masculine problem. That It just simply doesn't work that way. Uh, there's just some people who are out of control and they are just bullies. And that's what really needs to be dealt with. But it is not surprising to me, but something, talk about something that needs to be dealt with, dealt with at school. The fact that a kid gets a writing assignment and that's the writing assignment. Well, toxic masculinity, describe why it's bad. I'd like the kid to write something telling the teacher that, I'm sorry, but this whole thing is a fake topic. Here's why. That's like sending the kid home. And you don't need an example. You get it. But sending the kid home was saying, well, humans are causing a climate crisis. Explain the crisis and explain why it's bad and what we need to do about CO2. Assuming that CO2 is a pollutant, that we're in a climate crisis, et cetera, et cetera. What exactly are we trying to teach in schools? And this is a local parent from a local Wyoming school who noticed that paper that his kid came home with. And I'm glad that his wife is going to the school board meeting to talk to them about this. Which is also why I'm glad to see that even in the state of Wyoming, more and more we're working toward... Uh, giving you a choice in education. There's charter schools coming up. There's private schools coming up. The state of Wyoming is working toward making it easier to homeschool in our state. So if you can't get rid of it on the school level, you're much more able just to go somewhere else where it doesn't exist. 9.42 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
Wake anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Forty-seven at time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Campino's waiting by. Frank, when I was growing up, you know where I grew up, way down south and near the Everglades and all that. There was a time of year I didn't go outside just because it was too hot and sticky. Right, you under. Yeah. Or it was raining? Uh, raining, yeah. Well, we had big thunderstorms down there. I mean, huge thunderstorms. But mainly, there's a point during the summer where it just gets so nasty out. In fact. I one time I was visiting and taking a tour of a famous home in Savannah, Georgia, and I asked the tour guide, "How do you put up with the heat here? It's so oppressive, right in the middle of summertime." And he looked at me. Of course, we're talking someone from Georgia that was raised in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. He said, "We pay for our sins in July and August." <laughs> Hot as hell, yeah, is what he was saying, basically. That's yeah. a good way to put that. And then I moved to Wyoming, and I'm outside all summer long. But now there's this time of year where I I haven't been out in a while. Yeah, it, it, it just reverses itself. Yeah, it is, yeah. So we pay for our sins. Yeah. <laughs> Cold as hell. January, February, March, April, God. November, it's December. Bit of a stretch here, yeah. Yeah, we, we pay yeah. for it for six months. And I think I'm with everybody else. I don't mind that is cold out i put up with that it's when the wind hits i just put up i i, I just find it that the bad road conditions are annoying oh that's it for you you I, don't mind that okay i mean that, that that's the way i look at it you know like you know and i've grown up I've, I've been i've grown up in winter all my life i was born in the winter this will be yeah. my 60th winter okay and it, winters used to be fun when you're a kid. When you're a kid, Snowball yeah. fights, build mm -hmm. snowmen, go sledding, go skitching, you know, just... Then now it's not so fun. You can still go out and do all of that, Frank. Why don't you? Well, I could, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, 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 at a tremendous cost of how many Advil could I possibly take. <laughs> <laughs> so, winter sports for you ended about when? I don't know. Probably my senior year of college. Oh, really? And you haven't been outside in the winter since then? No, 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 not really. No. Oh, no. Okay. No, okay. I'll, I'll take that back. I used to go sledding with with my son when he was about you know right four, five, six, seven, eight years old. You know, and the last time I went sledding, I think I damaged my knee badly. Okay. And, be, and I go, well, maybe I'm a little bit too old for okay sledding. So at some point, that's just not fun anymore. No. Okay. I wish it was. You know, I see all these people out, Glenn. You know, it looks like fun. Yeah. Then you try to yourself and like. Yeah. The snowmobilers, the snowshoers, oh, yeah. the skiers. Yeah. It all just looks so wonderful. I've seen people, video people who like, oh, it's really going to be sub-zero and snowy. I'm going camping. Really? Yeah. Now, the people who've got it made is the ones who ice fish. Yeah. Who bring their own living rooms. Uh, they do, the yeah. They bring a whole house with them and you set know, up and they go ice Cooler, yeah. you know, yeah. can cook and... All that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. now, now you're talking. So basically, we're talking about the difference between the outdoorsy type and the non-outdoorsy type. Right. And at some point, you're saying that during your life, I guess I'm saying during mine, as outdoorsy as I am, at some point, that's not fun anymore. I'm not outdoorsy. He just kind of retired a little and you bit. Retire, you yeah. retired from being outdoorsy. I, no, I completely... Completely get it. It has the ice sound effects. 
Alrighty, men's college hoops from last night. The Wyoming Cowboys pulled off a major, major upset, beating Nevada in Laramie 80 to 71. The Pokes are now 9 and 20 overall and won their fourth Mountain West Conference game against 13 losses, but they did get 28 points from Jeremiah Odom and 25 points from Hunter Maldonado. And UW won an astounding 24 of 28 from the free throw line. Nevada falls to 22 and 8 and 12 and 5 in league play. This loss uh, hurts their chances for NCAA tournament play. Cowboys will conclude the regular season on Saturday night at San Diego State. Women Cowgirl basketball player Allison Furtick was named the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week yet again. She averaged 25 points a game in victories last week over Nevada and CSU, going 20 of 30 from the field. Cowgirls will be the number two seed in next week's Mountain West Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. Junior college basketball, the Casper College teams wrapped up the regular season last night in Torrington, beating Eastern Wyoming. The Casper women, uh, meeting Eastern Wyoming, the Casper women now ranked 15th in the country, beat EWC 83-62, thanks to 15 points from Douglas native Jocelyn Igo. Casper College men lost to Eastern last night 101-99 to drop the 22-7. Next up are the respective Region 9 tournaments. High school basketball the 4A regional tournaments will start on Thursday. The 4A boys west will be in Afton. Kelly Walsh will play Star Valley in the first round at 7-30. The 4A boys east regional in Casper uh, Laramie will begin play on Thursday in the first round taking on Sheridan at 10-30. Cheyenne East will take on Campbell County at 1-30. Cheyenne South plays Thunder Basin at 5. Cheyenne Central will meet Natron at 8. On the 4A girls side, in first in the afternoon in the west, Kelly Walsh will play Star Valley at 4.30 in the opening round over in the 4A East in Casper on Thursday. Thunder Basin against Cheyenne South at 9. Central taking on Sheridan at noon. Laramie and Campbell County at 3.30. Cheyenne East and Detroit at 6.30. Top four from the east, top four from the west. Make the state tournament next week in Casper. And this week in Casper it's the 1A and 2A high school basketball tournament that will start on Thursday. The high school Nordic ski season concluded in Jackson over the weekend. On the girls' side, Lander won the state championship ending Jackson's 11th. 11-year run of state champs. Natrona's Allie Wheeler was the individual state champion of both the classic and freestyle races. On the boys' side, Jackson won the state title for the fifth year in a row, and Jackson Sam Sinclair won the classic race, classic race and Landers Bennett Hutchison took the freestyle race, and that's in sports. Okay, so now, do, when, when you go cover things like uh, Nordic skiing and so well, on... Well, you know, you, 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 you dress for success. Okay, that makes complete total sense there. You know, I, I mean, I have all that stuff. Gloves, hats, yeah. you know, big-time boots, baller mm-hmm. kind of boots, you you know, um, yeah. you know, so so I, you know, it's just because I don't would rather not be out there if I could help it, I, I still have to go out there. Yeah. Well, okay. Now, do you ever get all of that stuff on and then suddenly realize, oh dear lord, I have to pee? <laughs> <laughs>